I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Tell your story. Author, psychologist, musician. Listen to Dr. Karen to encourage your life. I'm all about taking charge, taking charge of your thoughts, taking charge of your life. I say it every week and how sometimes when we have intense emotions, we can get caught ruminating and obsessing. And we've looked at the research and how that actually doesn't help us at all. In fact, it keeps us stuck and it keeps us depressed rather than helping move us forward. Single is the new black. Don't wear white till it's right. Very important. Very important. What are they doing to keep that excitement and that in love feeling? Channel a path to a more authentic you. Okay, this week, fight all you want, but whenever you fight, you have to hold hands. Learn how to have true intimacy. Yeah, bottle that up and sell it. (laughs) We want to make sure that the activities we're doing together are charging us up, getting us excited, giving us pleasurable feelings, and then helping us stay attracted to one another. Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Love and life. I'm all about living authentically and finding the best version of you and living life to its fullest. Turn up your dial. Get connected. You're listening to Dr. Karen on Love and Life right now. Welcome to Dr. Karen Love and Life. Hi there. I'm Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. I'm a psychologist, author, speaker, former professor, and musician. You might know me from my latest book, Single is the New Black. Don't wear white till it's right. Here on Love and Life, we talk about living and relating authentically in all realms of life. We look at how to have true intimacy in romantic relationships, more meaningful friendships, healthier family connections, more productive and fulfilling careers, and we learn methods for staying happy, hopeful, and positive, all while channeling a path to a more authentic you, living an authentic life. Today we're devoting another episode to the topic of what I've been calling a unique grief. So what's a unique grief? Well, it's one that's more nebulous than the typical grief that people experience because in our culture, for various reasons, we don't necessarily have appropriate terms for the loss. We don't really know how to conceptualize the pain. We just don't have a roadmap for how to handle this particular loss and pain, which makes it even more complex. When we're experiencing this grief, we're really not sure how to manage it ourselves And then the people around us who want to love and support us, they really don't know how to do that and they don't know how to respond to us. And so oftentimes they say things that actually unintentionally pour salt on our wound. And to delve into this topic into more depth, I'd like to invite the women of Give Me a Ring and a Baby to the program. So Nichelle Polston and Alicia Jones, welcome to Love and Life. Hello, welcome and thanks for having me. Thanks Thanks for having me. Thanks so much for your willingness to talk about this topic. This is, like I said, a unique grief that is difficult and, again, nebulous and hard to process for everyone. And so one of the things, one of the reasons I'm, I'm doing a segment on unique grieving is I'm hoping that listeners can learn something, whether they will resonate with the topic because they've been grieving that subject themselves or if they have someone in their community, they will better know how to respond to them and, and perhaps not be the person who's pouring salt in the wound. So thank you so much for your willingness to share today. Really appreciate oh, it. No, thank you. So I'd like to start with you to tell us a little bit about your inspiration for starting the website and the blog and, and obviously for such a very sensitive topic 
And so what was the inspiration behind it? Um, obviously from the name, we can tell, give me a ring and a baby. There's, it's pretty clear that, that the issues that you're dealing with. But what then was the, the tipping point where you were like, you know what, it's time to do something very concrete about this? Okay. So the inspiration behind Give Me a Ring and a Baby came from just two young ladies being really close and comfortable sharing, uh, one, their struggles with being single and my struggle, of course, being a childless woman. Uh, my husband and I wanted to have a baby. My friend uh, was having a hard time in the dating field. I would call her and cry. She would call me and cry. And this one particular day, I woke up on the wrong side of the bed because I got another invitation to a baby shower. So while I was trying, I was surrounded by so many women who, in my eyes, had everything, and that was a baby. And my friend, in her eyes, everyone was married. So it's really weird. She, she would call me a married woman, and I would call her who she has a child already, and we would just cry to each other all the time. So this one particular day, I got an invitation to a baby shower, and I just said, as a joke, we need to write a book about just getting a ring and a baby because I am just so tired of invitations to baby showers. And she says, hey, don't be sad because I got another invite to a wedding. So we laughed it off. And uh, I shared that conversation with my friend Alicia, who's also on the phone. And that was the end of it for some time until Alicia and her creative self came up with this logo and I said, you know, I really need to write about this because I know I'm not alone. I have met several women who have expressed to me about the race against the biological clock. It is so real, especially uh, for myself because I thought making a baby would be the easiest thing ever and it turned out to be one of the most challenging things I've ever come across in my life to date. Yeah. You bring up so many important topics there and especially the biological clock and that race. And and I think, I don't know if there's a, a woman on the planet who hasn't experienced that pressure to some degree, unless they had one of these lives that you and I can't really relate to, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> like where they met the love of their life at age 22 and had their first baby at 25 and then their second, you know, like that, that life that I think many of us plan in our head. And like you're saying, we have no idea that we're not even trying to be greedy. We're like, well, that's just what you do in life, right? You get married, you have babies, and that's that's what we're we're designed to do, programmed probably by nature and nurture, right? And so we're we're just wanting to have that life and we have this little timeline. That's why it's a unique grief because there's a loss, but we can't put our finger on it really. And, and we're like, wait, I, I'm not up to speed with my friends and, and I'm so happy for them and I'm getting this announcement for the birth announcement and I'm happy for them but then I'm also I gotta be honest that's also kind of uh, stabbing me in the heart because I want that so badly so I mean there's so many really really profound issues here so I'm just thankful that you guys are bringing these to the table for folks to have conversation about so I want to get back to the race against the biological clock when you've looked at that, what sorts of things, because I know you highlight that on your website, it's one of the first things you introduce in your, in your video, yes. what, do you, what do you do with that? I mean, how have you managed it personally? What do you see other women now that you're connecting with these women? How are they handling it? So I want to start off with uh, a story. And when I turned 35, I almost forgot how old I was turning. 
doctors say it is harder for women to get pregnant after 35 because you lose a significant amount of eggs, right? So when I was turning 35, I said, oh my gosh, the only thing I can think about were eggs. <laughs> I, I, I just could not think about anything else but eggs. I, I couldn't think about how blessed I was. I couldn't think about family, friends. The only thing that was on my mind were eggs. And so it was a depressing time for me. I felt like I lost the race. Like I was, the race was over for me because at that time, the my birthday is December the 1st. So on December the 2nd, I said, oh, I guess it's over because I'm going to probably lose half of my eggs and I will never get pregnant. But then you have people like your, your, some family and some friends who will say, hey, you know, you have the rest of, rest of, not the rest of your life, but you, you still have plenty of time. So for myself, it was very difficult thinking about the race uh, against my biological clock because of what I've learned from the medical field. It was difficult for me to accept the fact that I may never become a mother. Now, although I'm only 37 now, it was just a rough period. Recently, I decided to take charge and host a local infertility group in my state and I'm able to help other women focus on this race by being a bit more positive. I think for some of us, we worry about all the negatives. Like for me, the negative thing, for myself, the negative thing were the eggs. Uh, for some women, they worry about the man. <laughs> They'll never find right. the man. And so being the host of a local group where women experience or have the same or similar experiences, it's sort of therapy for myself mm-hmm. and also encouragement for for others to know that we're just in the same, same boat without getting too wordy, if I'm answering your question correctly. It, the race against my biological clock or the race that many of us uh, are familiar with, it helps to be a bit more positive than negative. Right. And when you use the, the phrase, lost the race, I mean, that just really struck me. It feels so defeated. You know, you feel so defeated. You're like, that's it. It's not going to happen. And then I'm curious also when people are trying to be encouraging but, you know, someone probably is like, well, I know someone, you know, a friend of a friend's cousin's sisters, <sighs> you know, she had a baby at 47. It was yes. a miracle child and no IVF. And and you're like, OK, that's one in like a gazillion. And they're trying to be encouraging. But sometimes it's like, well, I'm only 37. So why haven't I had my baby yet? <laughs> Do you know, like I'm, I'm curious how you've handled some of the comments you've gotten. I'm trying to envision myself now as a childless woman. Okay. Uh, one of the main things that stuck out to me, well, not not necessarily stuck out to me. One of the main things that stayed on my brain outside of the eggs was the fact that there could possibly be no child and I will die alone. Now I'm married and that's great. I love my husband, but we're going to get old one day. So who's going to help take care of us? But I had someone share with me, too, that says, hey, that's not a good reason to have a baby, just so that some child can take care of you as you get older. 
So I had to reevaluate the reasons why I want a baby. Uh, so many people have helped me on my journey. I had one friend who said, hey, do you really want a baby or do you want to be a mother? And that was something that mm-hmm. some people would take as mean, but it, again, caused me to really think. You're listening to Dr. Karen Anderson Abril on Love and Life. Go to our website, drkarin.me. dot me. That's www.drkaren with a K dot me. Have any questions or would like to share your story with Dr. Karen? Email her. Karen K-A-R-I-N at drkaren.me. So in Love and Life on the podcast, we one of the things I say every week is take charge of your thoughts. One of the ways we do that in therapy, which I think it sounds like what you're kind of doing right now, you're in the processing phase of this, is what does it mean to be a childless woman? If you're coming to the point where you're, you're thinking, okay, this may be my path, this may be my identity, despite the fact that it's not one I want at all, do not want mm-hmm. this identity, yet it may be for me in the future that I am a childless woman, what does that mean? Like, and we, And there's choice and power there. Because we can look at that as, okay, I'm a childless woman, meaning A, I lost the race, meaning B, society deems me as worthless because I didn't do what I'm biologically supposed to do. I mean, the one thing a woman's good for, I mean, I'm thinking back in the day, right, is to procreate, (laughs) right? But so you could, you've lost the race, you you have no value in society because you haven't done what we're supposed to do as women and you're going to have no one to come visit you at the nursing home. And, you know, there's a lot of meaning you, you can attach to being childless or, you can also reframe that and that takes work because our default mode is oftentimes like you're saying what what society has handed to us what the meaning of being a woman is which women are still very much defined by their relationships and that's why the whole singleness is is also part of your your brand here is because well you don't have a man so who are you what's your role in society i agree i i always said that uh when, when you're growing up and you're a kid and you're in school, especially when I grew up with a single mother. So the whole, you know, that whole lesson is like, don't get pregnant young. You know, you don't want to get pregnant when you're young. You want to make sure you go to school and you go to college. So I'm like, all right, cool. I'll focus on that and I'll do that. And then, then you hit 30 and then people start asking you, you don't have children yet. <laughs> right. uh, and I'm like, wait a minute. So is there a ra- like, uh, what's going on? Is there a race that I have to follow? You know, all of a sudden I was applauded for so many years, like you were saying, right. for not having children, you know, for, you know, working on my career and being successful. And then all of a sudden you're like, oh, well, you don't have children yet. I mean, I had relatives that actually said, said to me at a wedding, you're like, oh, you're not married yet. Uh, yeah. you know, don't wait, don't get old like me. <laughs> and you're like, what? <laughs> okay. <laughs> oh, so yeah. you're on this race. You're, you're, you're running at this point, trying to figure out how to catch up where everybody else is naturally just taking the progression into their, their life as they see is the proper path to go. Exactly. Hi, this is Damia Jackson. I am an avid listener of Dr. Karen's Love and Life podcast. It empowers, educates, and informs me to make better decisions in my life. I am happy that this resource is available to me. I love the point you bring up, Alicia, is that 
you're initially, you are praised for being strong, independent, and career-minded. But then you turn that corner, and I don't know where the corner is. It's different for every family member, probably. You know, some they'll give you till 30. You know, some they'll give you a little bit longer. Some by 23, they're like, wait, you got your, your bachelor's, now have a baby. You know, and so it, we, we are, it's like we're playing by a, a bunch of different rules, and we don't really know the rules. And we're trying to live this authentic life, and we're trying not to just marry someone just to get married, because I don't think that's a real solid plan. Uh, you know, one of the things I'm always talking about is is not settling in life, and 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 just because my listeners know, but you guys probably don't know. Like I called off a wedding at 34 because I was I realized two months before the wedding date I'm doing this just to get married and to feel like I can win this this race against the biological clock because I'm 34 now and you know I, I knew about the eggs as well <laughs> and so I almost married the wrong person for all the wrong reasons and yeah maybe if I'd married him I don't know if we'd still be married because I I wasn't in love with him he was a great guy he just wasn't my guy you know he was smart and successful all the things you want on paper but not for me but I could have had those kids and checked off all those boxes. Okay, cool. I can go home for Christmas and no one's going to be all over me about where's my husband and why do I not have children? And I could have had those kids. But is that fair to those children to have kids with someone I'm not in love with just to have those kids? I mean, this is complex stuff that people don't usually think about or talk about. And you talk about grief. You know, if you had went, in, went ahead and had a marriage with them, you would be having a grief in yourself to be like, well, what, what my life would have been if I had just stuck with my guns and took on the challenge of being single and not having a kid and just waiting till I find the right time to do it or, or having it fall in my lap when I thought the time was right. Right. So you have this adverse reaction to a different type of grief of what if, and that's the thing that I'm always challenged with my mind is like, okay, if I settle, if I settle for, okay, this is a perfectly nice guy, but I'm not totally in love with him. Or, uh, you know, okay, I can try to have a baby with this guy. He's okay. (laughs) But, you know, is he going to be a good father? So you just left with this, this pull separation of like, okay, what if, or if I don't take it, what's going to happen? So I often feel so confused and pulled in different directions to not know what is right sometimes. I like yeah, so well add, put. Uh, you mentioned earlier, doctor, about how I handle my childless mm-hmm. status. And so I'm handling it uh, two different ways. First and foremost, I've been looking at a lot of successful women who are childless today, Oprah being one of the popular women out there. She's successful and she's also childless. And and, and that helps me to think about life outside of children. That's one. Two, I had a friend I have tons of friends, by the way, but I have this one friend who called me and you would think this, this again is a cool thing to say to someone who is struggling with infertility or just trying to conceive. And so this one friend called me on Mother's Day and she says, happy Mother's Day. And there uh, was about maybe five seconds of silence because I said, maybe she has the wrong number. Why is she calling me? I am not a mother, clearly, but okay. And I, I said to her, I whispered, I said, hey, you, you know, I'm not a mother. And she says, you know, Nichelle, I want you to know that God blesses us in such a way, all women, he, he blesses us to have moments where we mother other children, uh, whether that's as an aunt or 
uh, as as just a, a, a motherly figure or a mentor to someone uh, at at your your job or maybe someone in in your neighborhood. But being a mother, you don't have to necessarily give birth to be a mother. Uh, there are countless other ways to 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 play that role and. Oftentimes, many of us play the roles of mothers or we play the role of a mother to children that we did not necessarily bear. And so that she explained it. And I I would honestly say it took me a while to soak it up. But I, too, about a year after the fact, I realized I said, hey, a mother is a woman who is resilient, nurturing and a good teacher to all. And so that's I had to redefine what a mother is like for me. In the beginning, yes, a mother was someone to to a, a mother was someone who actually naturally gave birth. But I had to redefine and reprogram my mind so that I could hopefully have a better and positive outlook. And I'm I'm still working on that even today. And as I mentioned in the past, yeah, or maybe sometimes there's a quiet moment where I break down and cry because my life did not turn out the way I envisioned. But now I'm I'm working on making my life the best life that it could, just the best life. I'm trying to play with the best hand of cards that I've been dealt, if that makes sense. Yeah, absolutely. And then you're processing the pain, looking at what you can control, which is your perspective. Because yeah. really in life, we don't have a lot of control. We think we do, but we don't. And, and so we, like you're saying, you, you've got a hand that you've been dealt and you can go down the path of I'm childless that therefore I will be miserable and bitter and angry or I can go okay let me look to other role models of women who are childless and wow they're making an impact on this world or let me also understand that mothering is something I can do with other children that didn't necessarily come from my body and so you're taking that perspective and you're finding a way to empowering yourself by finding a way to see whatever is positive in there and really I mean that's all you can do there's no secret sauce to happiness because we're all dealt a hand that that has some like nice little trump cards and some cards that are they're I don't jokers I don't even I don't play cards that much so I don't know what I'm saying <laughs> <laughs> but yeah so that's where the power lies is in in our our choice of the way that we choose to perceive and and the vantage point and then whether we choose and it's so cliche but it's powerful whether we choose uh, here's my glass and it's half full or it's half empty and it sounds like you're really doing the work because it is work Hi, my name is Dina, and I listen to Dr. Karen, Love and Life in Chicago. But you know what, doctor? It's so funny. It's so difficult to be around a group of women who, in your eyes, they have everything, whether it's a man or a child. Uh, But it's more difficult when you are suffering in silence and not willing to walk in your truth. So my parents just celebrated 30 years of marriage. And I was at their anniversary party and someone said the same thing. When are you going to have a baby? I don't know why this came out of my mouth, but I said, I can't have any. <laughs> and, the, and the person practically choked on their spit. I don't know. They, they just stumbled as if they were a drunken mess just to get away from me. Uh, but it felt good. <laughs> I bet it did. It really felt good because I felt like I don't have to lie. And to lie is, it's not, you don't, 
feel good when you lie. Well, the things that people think that it's their business to ask you about, it's, it's astounding to me. I heard someone say to, to someone uh, a while back, mind your own, mind your uterus or mind your own uterus. I think that's <laughs> the, the correct way to say it. But yeah, people should mind their own uterus. <laughs> Truly. Yeah, I had a I had a friend of mine. I went to a it was a Christmas party just last year, and we're standing around and you know every, after a while you know people start to ask you questions and they're like, oh you know she's like are you are you are you married? And I'm like, oh no, I'm not married. You know, and it, that's the question that people don't really they, they don't really pry too much. They're like, why you're not married? Mm-hmm. It's not until you get that second question where they're like, oh well, do you have kids? And I was like, oh no, I don't have any children. And they're like, well, you're not married and you have kids. You know, how old are you? Like you probably kicking up to be you know. <laughs> so and it's just like you're horrified, but right. you want to be polite. And then you know, what do you say? You're like, okay, well. <laughs> Right. I, I don't have the right husband. You know, my, my plan is to get married first before I have children. And, you know, how do I handle that communication with them after, you know, after you just had this invasive pry into your whole world? And then you are left with contemplating, OK, well, I'm delayed. You know, I'm 30 something years old and I'm delayed with not being married. And then you have to go home and feel that. Right. <laughs> you have to feel all of that. And you're reevaluating your your stance, and then you go if you have a relationship with somebody, and you're trying to force something yes. with that relationship right. to be like, well, this lady told me that I should have a baby, <laughs> <laughs> so you need to get your stuff together, and I need to get my stuff together, and we need to get our lives together, get married, and have a baby, and they're they're like, okay, <laughs> right? <laughs> what are we supposed to do with this? You know, so I I think an outside resource should not make you grieve not having the things that are, is in your mind's eye. Uh, it shouldn't make you want to race to it, you know? And I think that's what the huge portion of what the blog is about. And I yeah. think that's what we want to try to convey is like, yes, give me a ring and a baby, but not, you know, it doesn't have to be right now. It doesn't have to be the way I perceive it to be. I don't have to have a child biologically. I can have a child you know, through adoptive services, I could have a child through uh, relationships with my other family members that have children. Like it's not, the path is not one way. And I think that's, that was one of the hardest things for me. And, and maybe you women would agree with this, you know, in college, everyone's on the same page and all my roomies and I live in the same dorm room and we, you know, we're part of the same clubs and organizations and we go to cheer on the same sports teams and so forth. And then we graduate and One's married and then another gets married and then one has a baby and then another has a baby. And it's like, wait a minute. Wait, I'm, we used to be like the same and now we're different and that's hard. And, and you navigate your way through that. If the friendship is a true friendship, it'll, it'll survive. But I I know that there's a feeling of alienation and isolation that I've experienced at times. And I I feel the same way all the time. And now a lot of my friends, I'm, I'm 34 so a lot of my friends have, you know, their kids are almost teenagers. They're talking about all the different things in that path of life. And I'm still talking about, well, did you see Game of Thrones last night? It was amazing. <laughs> and, you know, oh, we went to this this nice lounge the other day. And, and to them, it just seems like a frivolous conversation. I feel like a child at times because mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, I'm talking about these things. And they're like, well, you know, I took Bobby to his cello uh, reception the other day and he did fantastic. And, uh, you know, and then I'm like, oh, that, well, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. 
the the blessing the thing that I love though about the blog is that it keeps me encouraged uh is people are very especially women have been very very supportive because it, there are so many of us who are either single or childless uh mm-hmm. they email me all the time and especially on social media uh give me a ring and a baby's uh, Instagram, uh, it, it, the success, uh, when I, when I think about the success part of, of my story is the fact that I've encountered so many beautiful souls out there that are willing to open up because I'm opening up right. about my situation. And, and I, I try to remind myself all the time that I'm not alone. Mm-hmm. Alicia's not alone. None of us are alone. We just need to speak up and try to let women know that we're out there so that we can all keep each other encouraged. Uh, the group that I hosted yesterday, the infertility group, that was one of the things that I shared. I said, hey, I enjoy meeting with you women every month, but sometimes I need to speak to you or see you more because my friends are out celebrating their child's fifth birthday party. Meanwhile, I'm in the house, like Alicia, maybe watching Game of Thrones or <laughs> listening to someone else talk about or post pictures about their lovely marriage. Not that I'm not happily married, but being a childless woman or going through that journey of trying to make a baby will put a big strain on your relationship. Yes. My husband and I are just trying to get things back in order because for the longest time, time, it was hard thinking about the fact that I was going to be with this man for the rest of my life alone. I remember the day that I woke up and I looked at him and I said, oh my gosh, I'm going to be with him for the rest of my life alone. And my friends laughed at me. I said, no, I'm serious. I love him, but I just can't believe it's just going to be us. The only us. I I feel like we need a child. So I, I just love the fact that this blog has put me in contact with so many women who have had or who are experiencing the same uh, things that I have been experiencing. Hi, I'm Miriam Connor, and I listen to Dr. Karen Love and Life in Cleveland, Ohio. I think it's so powerful what you're talking about, just the power of the common experience and reaching out across the miles, which is the beauty of what social media can do if it's used correctly. I mean, we talk about it on Love and Life. It can be related to playing a lot of comparison games. You have to be careful with your use of social media because like we're talking about, these are issues that are very easy to compare when you see everyone having their perfect little kids, like you said, fifth birthday party and you're going, where's my baby? Not here. But... On the flip side, you have been able to cross the miles and connect, like you said, with beautiful women who are experiencing this same unique grief and, and, and provide them with encouragement through your website, through the blogging and through Instagram and so forth. So, I mean, that's the wonderful thing. But it also entailed you, like you said, breaking your silence and being honest. There's just a lot there, but I'm I'm glad you've been able to connect with women. I'm sure it's been very powerful for the women you've touched. Yeah, I remind, I have to remind myself, I have to look in the mirror and, and Alicia and I did a photo shoot maybe a year ago 
uh, where uh, I think it was I, I was the model, come to think about it. <laughs> but I, yeah, I was the model. And so the headline of this photo was, I am not less of a woman mm-hmm. because I'm childless. Childless does not mean that you're less than or less of. I am 100% all woman. And I have feelings. So don't judge me because I don't have children. My advice to other women would be to not think that they are less than. That they're still great. We just have to find and hold on to that greatness. And maybe talk to yourself. Look look at yourself in the mirror and just remind yourself daily who you are and how great you are. I think, uh, Nichelle a lot of the the work that we put into the blog um, drew strength from that because I, you know, I talked to you when we were actually just having a conversation about starting something and the strength that you've built in the time frame from when it was just starting out to where we are two years later, you know, it's amazing. You know, the the fact you you didn't even go to a support group (laughs) and you were like, you know what, I'm going to run a support group, You (laughs) you know, that kind of thing you started a different race, you know, you're on a different path with your biological clock is, you know, hey, if I can't be running with everybody else, I'm going to run, I'm going to go a different way. I'm going to go a way that I know how to go. And that that was inspiring to me. Just commend you for that. <laughs> I love it. So ladies, I want to thank you again so much for your willingness to hop on the program and to share with my listeners. And I always like to leave listeners with what I call a love and life hack. So something like a takeaway message. And as I'm thinking about our conversation today, I'm really thinking about how we have to determine what our state means, whether it's we're single, whether it's we're childless, we are the only one who can define what that means. And it really sounds like that that's what this process and and your website has been doing for you. And so that's where we take the power back from something that we didn't choose, but is our reality. So I think today will be, we decide, we determine, we're the ones who are going to say, this is what it means that I'm single. This is what it means that I'm childless. And I would, of course, encourage us to say, hey, if I'm single, it's because I'm not settling, right? Yes. And hey, if, yeah, you know, and so it, that there's power and strength in that. And hey, if I'm childless and I'm a happy person and I know that I'm still contributing to society and I have great things, I'm not going to have... Like Nichelle's saying, I'm not going to be made to feel less than or less valid of an existence just because I haven't procreated. So thank you so much again for bringing these topics and, and, and for helping helping others to have awareness and, and to find a place to feel supported and comforted. Thank oh, you. Yeah, thank you. Thanks for having us. Oh, thank you. And before I let you go, can you remind listeners where to find you and to be a part of your community? Yes, uh, they can find us very simple at Give Me a Ring and a Baby on Instagram, or you can just Google us, or not Google us, but go to the website www.givemearingandababy.com. And and is spelled out Twitter mm-hmm. at Ring and Baby. Uh, and then we have oh Facebook. How can we? Forget? Oh yeah, Facebook. Facebook. <laughs> yeah, at Give Me a Ring and a Baby. <laughs> All right, great. Thanks again. All right, thank you. If you head over to my website, please subscribe to my Love and Life newsletter. I send out about two emails a month letting you know what we're talking about on the podcast, what I'm blogging about, and any appearances I might be making. 
Please let me know if you have any topics you'd like me to cover. I want this to be your show as much as it is mine. Thanks to my producer, Michelle Musso, my communications manager, Dale Gregory, and to Nichelle Polson and Alicia Jones for sharing their unique grief. Take charge of your thoughts. Take charge of your life. This is Dr. Karen Anderson Abril. Thank you so much for listening. And till next time, make it a great week. <laughs>